When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If the Mets don't end up spending big this offseason, will it be because Steve Cohen is cheap? Will it be because Steve Cohen didn't want to spend? Or will it be because, and I'm going to agree with him to a certain extent, that he didn't want to just spend for the sake of spending? And I think this happens a lot in free agency where you end up looking at somebody who's the best available player and paying him as if he's better than what he actually is. So take this free agent market for starting pitching. And we'll get to the offense later because I do think that's a very different discussion. And the Mets have touched base with Justin Turner, a name we've talked a lot about on the Rico. But in terms of starting pitching, do you think it's smart to pay Blake Snell what he's probably asking for? The answer to most of us would be no. I like Jordan Montgomery. I really do. And I think when you have a billionaire owner, it's easy to say, well, money's no object. So if I like the player and I do like Jordan Montgomery and I've laid it out on past Ricos, then why not give him $200 million? I don't think Steve Cohen's necessarily going to think that way. I think it's going to be, hey, we're willing to spend crazy money, but we're only willing to do it if the guy is totally worth it. Jordan Montgomery is a middle of the rotation guy who could get better. He is 31 years old, so he doesn't have that same kind of ramp way that Yamamoto has more time to get better. But is it really stupid for the Mets to say, we're not just going to spend for the sake of spending? That's smart. That's where I agree with them. But I also understand how this offseason is going to be disappointing. You know, if we walk away with Luis Severino and not much else to fill out this rotation, we're going to be doing something that we did do during the Wilpon era. And that was trying to kind of convince ourselves on if all of these things break right, then yes, the Mets may be good. And that's the likeliest scenario we have going into 2024. Doesn't make it hopeless because I think baseball is the kind of sport where you rarely go into a season hopeless. In the other sports, you sometimes do. In the NBA, you certainly do. In the NFL, sometimes you do. In baseball, there's always that, hey, you never know feel. So two things can be true to my fellow Met fans. Because I have a feeling the rest of the offseason, if they don't get Yamamoto, is going to be like these two sides arguing with each other about what kind of disaster the offseason was. So I'm telling you in a calm voice now before anything happens in terms of Yamamoto and the fallout, I understand the strategy of not just handing out dumb contracts. But you are also allowed as a fan to be disappointed with an offseason. I don't think the two things are a contradiction. Disappointment doesn't mean anger. Disappointment means, yeah, I wanted more than what we may get from this offseason. So this is something I thought back in October. I laid it out early in the Rico. They will be aggressive at the two elite level free agents. If they get them, most Met fans would be happy. If they don't, there's going to be a lot of anger. And that's why there's a lot of tenseness right now because the fate of this offseason, and that doesn't mean the fate of the season 
The fate of the offseason is very dependent on what happens in the next few days with Yoshinabu Yamamoto. I am not being negative to be negative. I'm not being negative because I have Robert Saitis. I'm not being negative because I'm a Met fan. Some may. I'm being negative because I'm really trying to be honest and follow the bouncing ball and follow the quote-unquote rumors and make an educated guess on where I think this guy's going to go. And I hope I'm wrong. The other thing we need to discuss about this is what if Steve Cohen right now is thinking to himself, I won't be outbid. I am going to not only make Yamamoto the best offer, I'm going to clear it by a lot. And lately the reports have been the Red Sox, the Giants, even the Yankees are prepared to offer him $300 million. Now let's assume it's a 10-year contract or a nine-year contract. You're looking at a Garrett Cole contract. You're looking at something that may pass the Garrett Cole contract and be the biggest contract ever handed out to a pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. And we're talking about a guy who we've never seen pitch. We're talking about a guy who's coming over from Japan. With that said, it is worth it. It is a risk, but it is worth it. And the reason it's worth it is because he's 25. And the reason he's worth it is because finding good, reliable starting pitching is so freaking difficult. And so you're taking, I admit, a major, major gamble. And at this point, I think when you're in such of the deep water of spending, I'd go all the way with it. So if we end up finding out, and let me take my calculator out to see what this would sound like. If this contract ends up getting so wacky, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because let's say Steve Cohen says, I'm not losing him. He knows what the backlash would be from Met fans if they don't end up with Yamamoto. And if they love Yamamoto enough to offer him $300 million a year, not $300 million a year, I apologize, offering him a contract worth $300 million and let's say $35 million a year. If you're willing to pay him that, and the Mets aren't the only team, it seems like everybody's willing to pay him that. But if you're willing to pay him that, why stop there? Why not go to the extreme? Why not offer him a 12-year contract for $400 million? You know what that adds up to per year? $33 million a year, which is probably what he may get. Is that crazy? It could turn out to be a disaster. But when you are in the deep water of this pool right now, and you really look at him, and you look at your other starting pitching options this year, next year, and even next year, and we'll get to it in a few minutes about the guys that you could target a year from now. There's a lot of really good pitchers, but none of them are 25. So I say this to you right now, and I make you a promise. If the Mets land him, I don't even care how absurd the contract is. I think we all have to agree that you went well above and beyond. You had to do it to get him. 
And so if it turns out to be what I just projected, $400 million over 12 seasons, which when you really think about it, deeply is not that crazy because the 12 years take him till he's 37, 38. Isn't that where Garrett Cole is signed till? Isn't that where a lot of pitchers are signed to when they get their big contract? He just happens to be 25 years old. So you're getting a five-year head start on it, and you're paying him $33 million a year. So a 12-year, $400 million contract, and this is just a prediction, I'd be willing to give him because the reward is so worth it. With that said, whether it's the Mets or it's the Yankees or it's the Giants or the Dodgers or the Red Sox, the amount of pressure this guy's going to face is going to be amazing. Think about him here. We win. We get him. And it's the contract I just described. $400 million over 12 seasons. He has a bigger contract than Francisco Lindor. He's got a bigger contract than whatever Pete Alonso would get from the Mets or anybody else. We all love Kodai Senga because he came over here certainly not making that kind of money and pitched really, really well. How quickly would we turn on Yamamoto? I'm being serious. With a contract like that, right now, this is the period of time where we're recruiting him. We're all begging for him. And the same goes for Yankee fans, too. When you bring a guy over here making that kind of money who we've never seen pitch, are we going to be patient? Or if he struggles in his first five starts, are we going to turn on him? I'll tell you right now, I think we would. I would try not to. I'm not saying I would turn on him. But I do think a lot of fans would because he is going to come over here, whether it's the Mets or the Yankees, with an absurd, absurd contract. Absurd contract. But right now, it's a cloud of mystery. Yoshinabu Yamamoto meets for a second time with the Mets, reportedly his request. He meets for a second time with the New York Yankees, reportedly his request. What's he going to do? I still predict not sign with us. As far as next year is concerned, I know nobody wants to hear about next offseason, but I have brought this up in the past. Uh, even during the Verlander-Scherzer era, we had talked about the window the Mets had, and I remember arguing, I don't know if it was with Pete or with some emailers, that their window's actually open, that Verlander and Scherzer were Band-Aids for a couple of seasons, and then once those contracts were up, you could look ahead to the free agency of 24 into 25, and there's a lot of really appealing names. That remains the same. Obviously, the way we're going to get there changed because Scherzer and Verlander did not live up to their Met contracts and eventually got traded. But next year is a free agency that includes Corbin Burns. That includes Shane Bieber. That includes Max Freed. That includes Zach. Did I say Zach Wheeler? Zach Wheeler. That is a deeper class than what we've had this season because Shane Bieber is closer to an ace than anybody in this free agency this side of Yamamoto. Would I put him above Blake Snell? I I know statistically it'd be tough to make that argument because Blake did win the Cy Young this past year, winning his second. Let's put Blake to the side. His resume is not what I argue. Corbin Burns is an ace. Zach Wheeler is an ace. Max Fried is... Probably a number two, but not that far off from an ace. You have a better class of free agents next season. So if the Mets strike out on Yamamoto, and let's say they get 
uh, Lucas Giolito on a short-term deal. And then let's say the third starter is a long-term deal. Maybe it's uh, the other guy coming over from Japan, Imanaga. You would go into next season with only two guys under contract in your rotation. Kodai Senga, and if you do sign Imanaga or anyone else to a long-term deal, that guy. But Severino would be a free agent. If you got Giolito on a short-term deal, he would be a free agent. We mentioned Jose Quintana is only signed with one more year left on his contract. And you could go into next season, especially with the Scherzer and Verlander money gone, with a committed payroll of about $130, $140 million. Obviously, I want to take care of Pete Alonso. I think most Met fans do. But that would give you the room to max out on two of these guys. And if you sign two of those guys, all of a sudden, you have yourself a pretty damn good rotation. 